Hello and welcome to Fixing the Optical Problem, where we are trying to not contribute to the optical problem. I'm Zach Kastner, ABOC, owner of Shorewood Opticians in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and your resident sloptician. Joined as ever by Matthew Smith, otherwise known as That Glasses Guy and owner of That Glasses Guy Optique. And we've got a special guest today, Mr. Badass himself, who needs no introductions, contribute to the optical problem. I'm Zach Kastner, ABOC, owner of Shorewood Opticians in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and your resident sloptician. Joined as ever by Matthew Smith, otherwise known as That Glasses Guy and owner of That Glasses Guy Optique. And we've got a special guest today, Mr. Badass himself, who needs no introductions. How are we doing, gentlemen? Doing well, doing well. Prepared for the optical convoy. <laughs> How are you doing, Scott? Hanging in there out in, on, the, on the West Coast? I'm on the West Coast. It's cold and rainy. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. California is known for a little more sunshine than what you're getting right now, huh? Mm. Yeah, but that's Southern California. Not where you are? No. That's fair. Yeah. So we've got Scott on. He is our um, owns Badass Optical Lab out in California, as we've already referenced. Mr. Badass himself. And he is what we like to call an optical magician or an optical shaman. Just kind of knows things and they just kind of happen. Um, I like shaman more because magician is too much stress. That's fine. We can do shaman. Shaman's probably a little more fitting than anything else. Shaman and magician is, I'm over that. You're over <laughs> that? Yeah. So we've got a couple questions for you to, to, uh, to prime the conversation here and see where this takes us. Uh-oh. My pressing one that I wanted to hear from you is what's an optician or what makes an optician, Scott? You've seen quite a few people come through this industry over the years. What uh what decides that you've got the chops? Mm. Well, an optician is someone who um manufactures, fits, troubleshoots, sells glasses, eyeglasses, and maybe in other industries, someone that makes lenses. <clears throat> um only lenses but for our for the purposes of today it's someone who makes eyeglasses um frames lenses and works with the public to sell them their glasses and fit them and help them find a solution to their visual problems so what's the difference then between an optician and a frame stylist um well a frame stylist is something that every optician should try to be. Um, a frame stylist just knows what looks good on someone's face. So they're not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive, but a frame stylist doesn't know. Um, I mean, if they're if someone is just a frame stylist, they might not know what a good fit is for the lens. So there's the fashion element that people want to look good in their glasses. But then there's the eyesight element, which is the whole point usually of wearing glasses. Although I've seen a lot of people walking around with no lenses in their frames just to look cool. I mean, that's a thing too. But um, if, if those two things go together, then um, knowledge of both is helpful. Yeah, and you guys get kind of a unique aspect on this in the lab, right? Because you have some of these that come through where it's fit by a stylist, but maybe the lenses need to be something insane purely for cosmetics, but they still need to see like there's no power there, right? Yeah, and we have to determine 
whether we're gonna invent a solution where this crazy thing fits into this really cool looking frame that was never designed to hold that prescription or if we're just going to call the person and say you know i know you're not a crack addict <laughs> you'd be surprised there might be an optical i've seen some of the stuff that gets put out if you ever want um an education go to the lions club to help them sort eyeglasses because they have they're there so for those who don't know the lions club takes in used eyeglasses and distributes them to people who can't see and don't have any glasses all over the world and um you get to see all the used eyeglasses that people have turned in and some of them haven't been used at all because it's obvious that they couldn't wear them to begin with and you didn't need to be a very good optician to see why they weren't wearable you get to see a lot of things at the Lions Club if you help them. You know, some people need bifocals, some people need single vision. So the Lions need help volunteers doing that. So you get to see during that job all the crazy stuff that goes on out in the world. Like, oh, this patient is a minus 17. Let's put them in a 62i. You will see that at the Lions Club, I promise. 100%. That I'm just... I'm trying to do the mental math quick on thickness there, and I'm just horrified. It isn't <laughs> thick enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing thick enough. You have to tape additional lenses onto the backside to make it work. Yeah. So crazy things go on. Absolutely. Now, you also have other charitable um, projects that you work with, correct? And yeah, this is totally off script what I've got here, but I'm just remembering. Oh, off script. Well, um, so for part of my career, I've um, volunteered to work as a dispenser at Project Homeless um, in San Francisco and an East Bay charity in Oakland called Mindful Eyes in Berkeley, actually. And um, yeah, that's been part of my the thing that I do. Um, not very often since 2020, but we still do some of it. And it's a lot of fun. You get to help people that are very grateful for what you're helping them with. And um, you also there you get to see a lot of really bad eyesight as well and really difficult prescriptions. And that's part of why they're in the place they're at. Absolutely. What do you think is the most difficult prescription that you've seen so far with all of that? Not so, through your lab specifically, just just there, and then we'll we'll maybe do your lab next. I mean, so in my world, difficulty is more. It's not about prescription per se. Um, oh, that's kind of a hard question. I mean, usually difficult is making weird drill mount. You know, someone will send in a different shape than a drill mount is made for, and think, well, you can make any shape in a drill mount, and it's like, yeah, but the drill mount. The parts don't fit the side of the shape that you're sending me. So this isn't doable. But then they want you to just make it work. Just make it work. Just put I the holes know. in there. Yeah, just just change the shape. I mean, well, wait, you you wanted this shape. Your customer wanted this shape. Well, I trust your judgment. <laughs> it's like okay. I feel like I'm I'm being called out right now. I feel like I may have done this before. To somebody, probably not me. I would have given you bad time for it. I sent you a fun one earlier this year, but you guys, you knocked it out of the park. Earlier this year? Wait, what, what, what have you 
you're sold I, already. I'm sorry. You know what? I <sighs> Okay, early in 2022. How about that? Gosh. There's a funny meme going around. Uh, I don't know if we can share memes on video, but somebody wrote something like, when someone tells you, I'll see you next year, and then the face under it's like, mm. That's how I feel every time I hear it. Yeah. Drives me insane. Matt, you've been very quiet today. I'm just a quiet soul today. So what are your questions, Matt? Well, now that we're, Scott. Now that we're <laughs> off script. Oh, Jesus. I have so many questions. But I think what I wanted to hear about the most was lens designs, right? This is always fun. You get to see so many of them come through just because you see so many freaking jobs and it's an independent lab. So you see a little bit of everything. It's not all SO or all Hoya or whatever you get every aspect of it. So mm -hmm. in your opinion, what designs do you see today that are kind of the best type of lens out there, right? What's the most advanced algorithm that accounts for so many different things or how do we get a better result from a progressive today in your opinion? So let's rewind just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so I have designed lenses that are yeah. on the market today and been part of that. Um, but before I did that, I had some experience um, selecting lens designs for companies that wanted to sell a lens and market it. And one of those opportunities was, um, I can't name names, it was the CEO of a major name that you've heard of. And um, he had been in the business for a long, long time. It's not like now where the CEOs are changing every three years. Yeah. Um, this person had been around more than 20 something years. And um, the, the thing he was trying to do, and I can't really give it away even though it was a long time ago, but I signed a non-disclosure. So I'll just say that the thing that they were trying to do at this point was to utilize people's health insurance, which didn't yet sell glasses, to not only offer eyeglass coverage, but to offer it all online, like a Warby Parker's type thing through your health insurance. Okay, that was their plan. So I was brought in for all kinds of things on this thing, but one of the days we had a whole box of lenses show up from China because they were gonna make the lenses in China and ship them into you direct. And I brought my lensometer and I checked them and I looked at them with everybody in the room, all these executives and yeah, it checks out. Oh yeah, these look good. Oh, the air coating is good. And then they all started holding them up to the light. Like what's going on all of a sudden? What are they looking for? Are they looking for distortions? What are they looking for? So I'm sitting there for two minutes as everybody stares at the lenses at the light and each lens is a different lens and nobody's saying anything and so finally i'm like fine i'll just be the dumbass in the room and i said so what are you all looking at and they're like well duh like they kind of gave me this well of course we want to see if it's like a comfort and i'm all oh and this was i mean this was 10 years ago ish so it's the comfort had already died its death 10 years before that and although people are still still selling comforts today um by by 10 years ago it was 
I mean, this company that this guy was CEOing for was selling digital progressives. Everybody was selling digital progressives. Mm -hmm. And traditional progressives were like not ever going to be marketed again. But the design they wanted was comfort. And why was that? Because it was the best selling lens of all time and the most adaptable of all time. And so that's really was their goal. Now, I'm not saying that that's every lens design's goal, but um, I think that should give you a little window into the mind of people who market lenses, that what they're looking for is not the latest and the greatest. That's what they're going to tell you. What they're looking for is um, something that will work and not be a problem. And that's really what's going on in the back end of all these lens companies. Now, having said that, yes, technology gets better. And there are many, many, many marketing claims about progressive lenses. Um, most are not true. Um, a few are true. Um, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? Every year it doesn't get 30% wider? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at this point, we're 30% wider so many times that... <laughs> We're moving wider. I mean, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> and it's newer technology made on the same machine that made it 10 years ago. So, you know, go figure it out. Um, but there are, there are some things that make lenses better. Um, I think IoT still is one of several not quite as big name brands that has an active R&D department, whereas other companies that claim they have an R&D department are not doing R&D on lenses. They're pulling lenses and marketing campaigns for those lenses off of the shelf that were developed years ago. They've got extra bullets in the gun, and they're, they've got a product launch every year planned out for five or seven years or whatever. Um, so... Um, you know, their R&D claims are typically marketing, like they're R&Ding how to market something, usually. That's what it would look like. Um, and I mean, the, you know, you can read the, the, the pseudoscientific papers that they release for marketing and see that there's really no substance here to be found. If they would just rewrite the original marketing that had real things in it, it would probably sound way better. Uh-oh. Well, in three months, we're going to see it. Uh, one of the big names come out with this really good paper that's like, you know, plagiarism from 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, boy. I love yeah. reading technical white papers. They're um, great for putting me to sleep at night. Would be a fun. We should do that. We should do that on video. So we should get any white paper you want. And we can name names because it's their white paper that they want the world to see. So we're doing them a favor. And let's just go paragraph by paragraph and see if it makes any sense. That would be a kick in the pants. That might be an interesting video idea. We're, I don't know that that's a today thing unless Matt decides no, to no, pull the rug out from under no, me. But we're not going to do it today. But not today. Be, but we're doing it. Yeah, that would be a good idea. You know, I mean, I rant and rave on Facebook. I would love to do a video for Facebook for my page or your page or all our pages or whatever. And just read a couple paragraphs and maybe one or two sentences at a time and then just comment on it. 
what I are your think thoughts? That that's, I think that's a brilliant idea. I think I can come up with two technical white papers off the top of my head that I would love to tear through. Yeah. One by a major company and one not by a major company. Yeah, writing it down. Yep, it's that way he doesn't down. forget. Good. That's, this is <laughs> Scott, just so you know, this is the first time he has ever written anything down for any of these. Congratulations. You have wow. broken him. You don't have to turn red, Matt. It's it's not a big deal. <laughs> Got to rebalance those colors, buddy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah that's what it part, is. You have a green screen behind you, so it's it's making you uh, a little rosy. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now, now you're alien. There we go. Anyway. All right. What was your next plan question? Oh, next plan question was what's the best progressive, but he just took that from me because I was going to make it the, uh, the slot cushion version. The badass digital is the best progressive. Oh, now wait, there we wait, go. wait, There's wait, the wait. marketing. What, what is it under the hood, though? Right? Come what on. The hood is about a hundred years of combined dispensing experience. That if you order it the way we tell you to, so there's two ways to order it. One is just standard. And you'll get no surprises. It'll be the same thing over and over. And you can order it compensated and it'll be the same thing. But there's an option on there, um, Mr. Badass Pick. And what we do is we look at the prescription and we look at the previous RX history if we have it at the lab or if you want to give it to us. And we, we design it to be what a dispenser would pick who knows a lot about lens design. We look at the frame size, we look at the PD, we look at the power, look at the ad power, and we go, you know what? This person really would benefit from one step shorter corridor, or this person would benefit from a longer corridor. Or this person would not benefit at all from compensation. In fact, they might be better uncompensated given their previous lens. So we do that for offices that don't that, that are honest with themselves and know they don't really have the technical chops on the lenses, but they can still have it in-house, if that makes any sense. And I'll tell that's you, anyone what... that's listening to this that has a choice of lenses, I used to work with that lens back before I opened my shop, and we had some incredible success with working with Scott for some lenses. Well, that was like, ago, though. oh, we're like way better than that now. <laughs> that was a decade ago, Scott says. It's so much yeah, better now. <laughs> was that four or five years ago? Yeah, uh, six, six, five, something in that area for sure. And then you wow. opened your own door. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. Interesting. I didn't know that uh, you were doing that for people on the back end. That's that is a really, really good idea because a lot of op a lot of opticians and a lot of shops don't have that technical knowledge to back it up or just the experience in general. I mean, what's our turnover rate in the industry? I swear it's like every year there's new people in shops that have been around for decades and it's, they just can't hang on to people. So. True. Very yeah, true. It's a little volume thing too. I mean, the labs are seeing so many more jobs than we do and they usually end up getting the feedback better than the optician will because they're the ones that are having to remake it. <laughs> that is also true. Definitely. The biggest challenge in that situation is people think that they're good or they're insecure. Or they don't want to be wrong. And so even though sometimes the problem is blatantly obvious, like it's not even, there's no investigation that needs to be done. It's obvious why something is being redone or needs a redo. If you call them and tell them that, well, this happened. And so this is the solution. They're like, they don't trust you or 
they get upset about it or you know you have to deal with people where they are and it, it's kind of a drag you ego yeah. yeah i mean yeah bruised egos or the worst quote-unquote opticians are the brand new ones because they feel like they won't make them you're not a brand new optician they, they feel, feel like, like they, it sometimes they don't want to make a mistake or um they feel like they'll get in trouble or whatever their baggage is in their mind when all you want to do is help them move past this problem into the solution and move on to the next pair because the other side of it is we also have limited time here and if we want to get all the work out mm -hmm. on time we can't be dinking around with people that you know i mean there's a certain personality oh i'm not sure what to do tell me what to do and then you tell them what to do and they go Hmm. Okay, let me think about that. It's like you still you don't asked know me. To I've told you what to do, and I prompt. I mean, I'm paying for the redo, dude. Like, what? Who? Who's got skin in the game here? You know. So anyway, it's just weird. It's getting weird out there. It's been weird out there. It's getting weirder. <laughs> That's fair. Sometimes we like to make it weirder for fun.